Okay, before we get started, I'd just like to announce uh, tomorrow's topic for the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs at our regular Thursday meeting at noon here in this uh, facility right here. And the topic tomorrow, interesting. How did Alberta arrive at its current political and financial state? <laughs> and the, uh, the, the speaker will be Dr. Andrew Sawyer, who is from the political science faculty at the University of Calgary. So starts at 12 sharp here in this facility. $11 uh, if you uh, take the meal and $2 if you just have coffee. Yep. Okay. All right. Now, um, where are the mics? I can't see the mics. No, just, there's the mic right there. Uh, I'm surprised people haven't lined up already. Um, <laughs> okay. So... I'm going to just quickly go over the rules. We have to have some rules. A uh, big crowd like this sometimes gets a little rowdy. We want to keep things at a very calm level and uh, have a good, uh, good discussion, good debate, uh, but respectful. And so what we're going to do now, each of you will give your name, and then you ask your question. You have one minute for your comment and question. And we're going to be pretty hard-nosed on that because there's lots of people here and there will be lots of questions. And then uh, the candidate, you direct it to a candidate or two candidates, or you just say whoever wants to answer it. That's the way it goes. Um, the candidates will have uh, two minutes for response, and if uh, we'll take it uh, from there. And if it's a two-candidate reply, they each get a minute. So we've got to keep, it, uh, keep our time under control. So with that... Um, Name and question. Hi, my name is Donna Cushman, and I'd like to start by saying that I'm a grandparent, and uh, as such, have a vested interest in what happens for young children and families. Uh, Alberta is experiencing a baby boom and a childcare crisis. We know the first five years lay the foundation for all future health and well-being and education for for uh, Albertans. We have a workforce needing high-quality childcare. Recent uh, post-secondary cuts have resulted in reduction in early learning and care college programs uh, within Alberta. My question for you, for all of you, is how are you going to ensure all children and families that need childcare will have access to affordable, high-quality, licensed or regulated spaces? Okay, who wants to go first? Tammy? Um, I, I don't know if the PC party has a, a platform on childcare, quite honestly, because I've actually spent quite a bit of time focusing to what's on this issue, on what's happening on the federal side. And uh, the Conservatives are giving tax child credits, whereas the NDP are talking about a national childcare program. And whether it's national or provincial, I personally believe that we need more and better and affordable childcare. That's my own personal belief, and as I said, I don't know what the PC party policy is on it, quite frankly. I think if I brought that up, it wouldn't be a high priority right now, but uh, if I am elected, I was actually door knocking uh, the other day, and there was someone I met from Ontario who came running after me to talk about childcare, and I said to her, you've got all this knowledge and experience. If I'm MLA in a year, you call me, because this is something I'd really like to work on. Okay, Maria? 
thank you, Donna, for your question. Uh, I, too, am a grandmother. And uh, I struggled with childcare when my uh, kids were growing up. Um, I had to work. I was a single parent. Uh, so I understand how important it is to have quality, affordable childcare. And uh, as uh, uh, my, um, my, my colleague, yes, uh, uh, announced, <laughs> the federal uh, NDPs uh, do have a $15 a day uh, childcare program that they want to put forward. I've been involved with the Women's Committee here in uh, Red or here in Lethbridge, and uh, that's our focus, uh, was to get uh, an affordable, quality uh, childcare program going here in Lethbridge. And I have to say, we've butted our heads quite a bit, uh, but I'm on board 100%. Thank you. Okay. Okay, next question. Thank you, Bob. My name's Gary Kahn. I've been a resident of Lethbridge since 1968. I've been an independent businessman and there's been no umbrella out there for me for anybody. First of all, before I pose the question, none of you ladies that answered question about taxation know a damn thing about it. I do tax preparations and I can tell you a lot more than what you're thinking it is. However, having said that now, I've been involved in the healthcare as a trustee of a hospital for 27 years. For 40 years, the PCs have been in power and I've watched them destroy of the best medical system that we ever had, up and down like yo-yos. They've destroyed the Heritage Trust Fund. Uh, and they've become the party that we cannot trust, running deficits when Mr. Klein said that we weren't going to have deficits anymore. So my question is, Tammy, I, how can you say that you will not fall prey to the old boys club, many of whom have left the sinking ship? and not fall into the same ways of the old PC party. Okay, Tammy. By the way, there's, there's no friends at an auction. I'm sorry I didn't hear your last comment. You know what, the ship, the ship isn't sinking. There's a new captain at the helm. I have faith in him, he's got a plan. And uh, people like me are first mates and whatever other ship terminology there would be and we're working hard on it. So, you know, you could say we fell prey, sir, but I, I believe and I stand by what I said earlier today. We live in the best province in the world and it's run by humans and there's always going to be flaws and things we can correct. Healthcare is a big problem. One of the biggest things that I think uh, has been proposed by the PC party to fix that is going back to regional care centers. I, what works in Calgary doesn't work in Lethbridge. You know, that's the truth. And so I hate the fact that we've gone back and forth on that, but I think now we've finally made the right decision. And if anyone knows me, they know when I make a decision, I rarely change my mind and I stick to it. So I hope this is one that we stick with. And I think it's important that we return to those regional, child, or regional care, regional health authorities, pardon me. And I was disappointed to see that the NDP do not support that. Any rebuttals? Okay, next question. Good evening. Uh, hello, I'm uh, Dave Abel, Alberta resident my whole life. Um, my question is about special uh, education. I have a, a grandson, as many people have grandchildren here. One of them has special needs. So on before the budget, he was accepted to go into grade one next year. 
uh, into a special needs school. The budget came out, the one that isn't in effect apparently. Um, and the, she got a phone call two days later. My daughter got a phone call. Oh, he's out. He's on a waiting list now. So in southern Alberta, there's about 1,000 special needs kids. So you said 2.7%, uh, I believe it's 1.9 was the taxing uh, cut for uh, special needs, according to Mr. Prentice. So there's 200 kids on the waiting list. So that's 21.9% that you've cut that special needs. What are you going to do about it? And I open it up to anybody. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I'll certainly grab that one. Uh, we have a plan to invest in frontline services, uh, particularly in aids for our schools. And the way we're doing it, and we have a fully costed and vetted budget. It was vetted by Jack Mentz, who's a very well-respected uh, economist in Calgary. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to cut the fat out of the top of government, and we're going to reinvest those dollars down in the front line where they're really needed. Okay, anyone else? Okay, Bill. The Al Alberta Liberals are committed to the lives of the most vulnerable citizens. Every person deserves a roof over their head, and Albertans most generous are the most generous people in the world. We need to look after our vulnerable people. We need to educate our young people. Their minds are like sponges. And uh, we need them to be productive people of our society. And the best way to do that is to start when they're young. Um, we need to get teachers back in the schools. We need to provide those services that are helping individuals, like the, the question that was asked. And we need to stick up for them. Um, they need to be productive people of society, and uh, we would support that. All right. Thank you. Next question. Hi, my name's Leona. Um, so we hear a lot about healthcare and education. And um, when we think about education, we think about K through 12. And I'm here to put post-secondary into the conversation. It has surfaced. I'm just focusing on it. Um, it's said that people are our greatest resource. You have and will also hear concern about investing in resources by not raising corporate taxes or challenging royalty revenues. The idea being, by extension, that the most important resource is oil and gas. You will also have heard that Alberta needs to get off the oil and gas roller coaster and diversify the economy. I contend that a proper investment in resources, a proper investment in diversification, is to invest in PSE, because investing in PSE is as much about investing in people as a proper education or proper investment in K through 12. It's also about investing in the research to the problems that we are talking about tonight. PSE is a long game investment. It has two prongs, research and education. Research doesn't just happen overnight. Cold FX doesn't just happen. It doesn't just spring from the mines. Now, Klein cut PSE by 5%. Stelmac didn't oh. cut, but he also didn't increase by get, that much. Get to your question, I please. am getting to the question. Redford promised stable funding and then cut by 7%. Prentice plan calls for cuts to PSE of 1.4% and then 2.7% and beyond to a total of about getting us off, reducing the investment by to about 53%. So to all candidates, save the PC, because we already know what their plan is. Who's, um, what is your party's plan with respect to investing in our greatest resource, people in the form of PSE students, with respect to investing or not in the PSE system? Okay. Who wants to go first? Okay. Uh, thank you, Leona. 
uh, and I did bring up uh, uh, advanced education previously. Um, so the NDP uh, wants to reverse the most recent market modifiers and hold fees at uh, the 2013 and 14 levels. And I have to say, during the break, uh, a young woman came up to me, and her fees were 2,500 for the year. Her friends was over 3,000. Uh, so we need to uh, stop that. A cost of 33 million in grants to university colleges and technical institute, and regulate and freeze mandatory non-instructional fees and tuition so that students and family will have predictability while planning for post-secondary education. I think that's a start, certainly, uh, to increase uh, our resource as students at university or uh, technical uh, institutes. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, Bill. The Alberta Liberals, uh, we will reduce, reduce tuition fees. We'll also uh, ensure program choice in our post-secondary education institutions. Uh, we'll try to ease student debt by providing more grants and bursaries. All right. Okay, next question. Hi there. I'm Strader Patrick. I'm one of these... Um, I'm an employee of the Alberta Public Service, who you often hear vilified. I'm not a frontline worker. I'm an admin worker. Um, under um, Kent's plan and Tammy's, I, um, you know, I, I deserve to be either my um, um, wage to be cut or my position to be cut. I have a one-third chance in being cut under um, Kent's plan. Um, now, I live in a basement apartment. I have a car that I can't afford to fix. I have three children that I can't you know, um, always um, make, um, you know, I have to make sacrifices for. So I'd like to hear from all four candidates why you feel I don't deserve to be paid um, what I'm currently being paid. Okay. Um, first of all, if, uh, if as you said, you're living in a basement, you're certainly not the target that we're going after. We're going after senior executives. We're going after senior executive pay. We're going after the perks and the benefits that they have. We're not talking about mid-level managers. We're talking about people that are making very substantial salaries. We're also talking about rolling back corporate welfare. And all of those plans together will bring us to a point. I, I, I just can't imagine somebody that in the category of senior managers, what we're talking about. We're not talking about managers. We're talking about senior managers uh, being in the predicament that you're in. Okay, who else? Kate? Maria? And then... Maria first, then Bill. Uh, Streeter, I'm sorry to hear that uh, you feel you're going to be in the one of the people that could be cut. Uh, and certainly that wouldn't happen if the NDP is in a position to stop it. Uh, I've worked inside the federal pe uh, public service, and I've gone through uh, cuts federally uh, three times. And I'm telling you right now, it isn't the senior managers that go. It is the frontline staff that are cut. Thank you. Well, well I, I think that you should be paid what you're paid and probably a little bit more because I know that the average for general services employees in the government are below the Canadian average of 57,000, not what the PC government is telling the people. Alberta Liberals will support frontline workers and we will oppose any effort uh, to cuts from the PC government. Tammy. 
Strader, I'm not going to talk about you because I work at the courthouse with you and I know what you do and I know my computer wouldn't work half the time if you weren't in the building. So the fact that you are considered being cut shocks me. Uh, so I work for the government of Alberta. I work for Alberta Justice and three quarters, I don't know, 80% of the reason I'm standing up here is because I see in the past that frontline workers have been cut and I don't agree with it. I think that it is the senior management that need to go. And if you gave me a chart of Alberta justice right now, I would show you the ones at the top that I would cut, and they wouldn't be the ones at the bottom. No, we need to move on. Just quick. Well, Sorry. quick. Make it quick. Um, um, Tammy, um, uh, currently I'm being refused a promised two and a quarter percent raise um, right now that we're not receiving under, your, under the PC government. So Is that because you're opted Thank out you. and excluded? Yes. Yeah, you're not a union employee. You don't have a contract. Okay. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat, and I'll be taking a pay cut if I get this job to try to fix things, to make them better for us. Okay. I had to pull the mic down for us short kids. Okay. Anyway, my name is Frank Toth. I think you all have been asked 14 times what questions I'm going to ask. I want to tell you I'm the number one crusader for royalties that have been given away in Alberta. You, especially right-wingers, I call you, want information. I talked to Mr. Lund when he quit, when he quit Alberta. He's been cut four times as the Auditor General, all right? Uh, I got a phone call just recently from Medicine Hat and the CPA. He said, I love your articles. I think we've given away at least $240 billion. I said, I concur with you. But I want, the question I want to ask is, uh, we have to put this province back in, in the black, okay? I, I suggest that we take, okay, okay. Uh, I'm short, so I, I'm allowed a couple more minutes. I can... Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> But any, anyway, uh, uh, I suggest that the, the healthcare system is the first cut. Over 100,000 people are working in the healthcare system. I was at 24, the youngest hospital board member in Alberta, in the Drumheller Valley. Secondly, uh, I would ask, do you think we're spending 6.5, billion dollars? Are and there are ambassadors around the world, Alberta ambassadors? What are they doing? Do you think we should cut them and finally get a hospital and healthcare system? That, uh, that is run locally. Okay, thank you. Uh, a question to everybody. Thank you. Okay, Tammy. Uh, one of the th first things Mr. Prentice did was cut some of those international offices, which I think is what you're talking about, Mr. Toth. I don't know how many are left, but we can certainly look at whether some more of them need to be cut. But the fact is we our number one product, energy, oil, is sold on an international market, so people need to know that we're there. Do you realize almost 90% of our exports right now go to one country, the U.S.? We need to change that. Okay. Yeah. Frank, I'd like to thank you so much for the question because uh, I think everybody in this room could take a look at uh, the government, healthcare, and can find efficiencies in it. Everybody that I've talked to tells me some horror story of something that was caused by a senior bureaucrat, and I'm not talking about frontline workers. In fact, I'm going to praise frontline workers. Uh, my wife had an asthma attack just a few weeks ago. 
I was able to take her into the hospital and I never got better service ever. I mean, you know, they saw what was happening and had her on oxygen and everything else right away. The frontline workers that we have in our healthcare system and in our government are doing an excellent job. There's just far too many bosses. Okay, Bill. I think the government needs to take a systematic approach to it. Um, there is areas that you know we could fine tune and we could save a, a, a number of dollars and waste, and uh, we just need to take the appropriate time to do that. Um, it's not going to happen when you make a cut across the top of the board, because the people at the front, at the bottom, they don't have a say in it, and it's going to run down. And it usually is the frontline people that lose their jobs. So a systematic approach needs to be taken. We can't just blanket cuts. We need to look at our, our spending habits and uh, find the waste and uh, make this province, you know, back in the block again. All right. Next question. Um, hi, my name is Connor, and I'm currently a student at the University of Lethbridge uh, taking political science for pre-law. So naturally, my question relates to post-secondary education. Uh, undergraduate tuition fees have increased by 267% in Alberta since 1992. The national average is only 179%. Um, we also went through the Redford cuts in 2013, and now I hear that Premier Prentice is considering eliminating tuition caps, which uh, would result in tuition increases not being limited. So my question is for Tammy. How can students, what, for what reason, if any, can students trust the progressive conservative government? Thank you. I don't know. I think maybe you have to look at after you're out of university. Think about what your tax rate will be. Think about what job rates may be available for you. Okay, let her answer. There's realities here, right? We have to try to balance things. So we increased education funding for the year. Unfortunately, post-secondary education was cut a little bit. Now, Connor, I don't have the numbers with me, but I understand there were some increases to some of the student loan programs, but I don't have that with me, and, I, so, and, and that's probably small solace to you. Just the other day, I was having a conversation with someone about how much law school tuition is now. It's going to be worse than your undergrad, unfortunately. And I don't have an answer for you standing up here right now because I think that young people are our future and they are our greatest resource. So we need to find alternate ways to fund our post-secondary education and to make sure that it's affordable for everybody, not just the wealthy. Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for that question. Um, under the uh, Wild Rose Plan, we are going to cap tuition increases at the rate of inflation and no higher as we move forward. So, All right. Okay, next question. Hi, my name is Murray. I got here a little late. The question might have already been asked before. Uh, I was asking Tammy as a rep for the Premier. Um, they said there wasn't going to be a... a, a, a what do you call it, a federal sa a provincial sales tax. And we received a 4.5 cent a liter tax on fuel. Isn't that the same thing? Because everybody uses fuel now. In fact, my biggest bill in the month is fuel. And I can't get that out. And it continues. And everybody in this room that drives or takes a bus or whatever's paying this, 
how come they told us there wasn't going to be a sales tax, but now we do have one? Okay. Well, there still isn't because you're not paying 4.5% on everything that you buy. That's one thing. Everything and we're that still. Goes to the, everything that goes to every grocery store, everything that you buy is transported almost by truck. And if it's not by truck, it's by a train. They use fuel, 4.5%. Okay, let her answer the question. Well, you're not personally paying a direct 4.5%. If you had a sales tax, it would be flat out percentage on everything. But once again, we have to try to balance things here. You're still paying the lowest fuel taxes in all of Canada, and we have a $7 billion revenue shortfall. Okay. The uh, Wild Rose Party will uh, roll back all of the tax increases that the PCs have just brought in. We will balance our budget by 2017, and we'll do it without taxing people. Okay. No one else? All right, next question, please. Thank you. My name is Gary Orberg, and I guess I got a two-point question for you, and I apologize for that. But I take a look around this room, and take a look at the color of the hair, or lack thereof, that is here. And that concerns me, and I'm so thankful that those young people came up here to ask questions, and they're getting answers, although not necessarily the ones that they want. My question would be, number one, how are you going to get the young people out to vote? Number two, we have a tsunami coming in this country, and it's called baby boomers and those following them that are not going to be able to retire with financial dignity. What are you going to do as a government to be able to make it so that these people can retire at the end of the day with financial dignity, keeping in mind that our premier of the past would not sit down with other people across the country, especially our prime minister, to be able to look at possibly expanding the Canada pension plan. And Ontario has decided to go it on their own because this tsunami is coming. What are you going to do for Alberta? Who do you want to answer that? All of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, the NDP is on the record. We want to double that um, uh, CPP. And uh, provincially, I don't have anything specific in our platform. However, uh, everything that we looked at in terms of healthcare uh, in, is about seniors. When we look at long-term care beds, when we look at continuing care, that is about uh, seniors. And you know, I'm a senior too. I've got this color here. And uh, I certainly am concerned about that. And I will make sure my voice is heard in the legislature on any issues about seniors. Okay, Bill. Well, um, I know the government has been uh, talking about how uh, pensions um, are too costly and too expensive, but I want to throw a figure out there. The average um, pension for someone that works for the general services is $14,000 a year. So myself, as a frontline worker, I'm not sure how that's gold-plated. We need to look at the numbers. We need to look at the actual figures. And I think that we should be trying to support something more for all Albertans. Um, but we need to do it, again, systematically. And we can't be uh, just throwing numbers out there that are uh, what I think to be not true. Um, and, if, and if they are true, then we need to break them down and look at, at those actual figures. But uh, pensions do support us. Um, we're getting more um, taxes. Um, it's going to be harder and harder. Um, out talk, talking to people on the doors, um, there's a lot of people struggling right now. And uh, I don't think that we should just keep 
throwing the burden on working people. Tammy? You know, those of us that are, have a pension are lucky. I'm even more concerned about those that don't. And uh, the, the fact of the matter is we're living longer, and this is a very serious problem in my mind. I don't know what the answer is. But, you know, I've talked to some financial planners in this city, and uh, they've suggested that maybe we need to do more for savings. So higher increase in the amount of CPP that people are required to contribute and that sort of thing. Because the fact of the matter is, as the baby boomers age and as we all live longer, our government will not be able to afford to give people the required levels of care that they need without some sort of additional funding. Now there was a second part to that question, which is how do you get young people out to vote? And I think that's even a more difficult question. I don't know. I've got two wonderful young people engaged who go to the college and university that are working on my campaign, and that's their challenge. They have to get young people out to vote and then uh, tell me how they did it. But I don't have an answer for you. Okay, Brent? On the uh, issue of getting young people out to vote, I just want people to come out and vote. Uh, it's less than 50% of the people that actually turn up and vote in a provincial election. I'm absolutely enthused about how many people have showed up here tonight. I know I've been in debates before, and I think this is one of the better crowds that we've had. Uh, on the issue of uh, CPP and uh, it'd be, uh, AOL, uh, old age security, GIS is thrown into that as well. Um, I work in that area, and I understand like the average person in, that doesn't have another secondary pension, like $1,500 a month. That's not easy to live on. And uh, I, you know, it would challenge for anybody. I will commit as your MLA to work towards getting the federal government and the provinces, because unfortunately Canada Pension is all the provinces, but I will commit to work to improve the Canada Pension and see that we have better pensions for people. Thank you. Okay, next question. My name's Angie. Um, I'm going to make a couple of comments first and then ask a question. Um, fracking has been going on for 50 years and there's been no problem. Uh, and secondly, my daughter went to university. She worked three jobs to make herself get through university because I couldn't afford it. And my question is, I know what the conservative are going to tax in that, but I do not know what the rest of you are going to tax, or are we going to have a provincial tax from your party, are we going to have a carbon tax? I want three answers. Okay. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, the Alberta uh, Wild Rose Party is the only party that is going to repeal the tax increases that the PCs have just brought in. The average tax increase is $2,500 per family. We figure that's completely irresponsible. Uh, taking that much money out of the economy is just going to drive it into a deeper recession. So we are the only party that will not uh, be increasing your taxes. Okay, Bill. Uh, I already explained that we would uh, introduce a progressive income tax. We'd also make a small uh, minor adjustment to the corporate tax. We'd also collect the, um, turn it over to the Canada a um, Revenue and Agency to collect the outstanding um, money that's owed, and um, we would we would do some um, changes to the carbon capture and storage, um, which would end up saving 760 million by by redirecting the funds that um, we'd save from that. All right, Maria. The NDP. Uh, 
also said they would roll back those uh, taxes that have been uh, put in. Uh, so you, uh, our uh, platform and our budget is on our website and you can see the entire thing. Uh, we certainly have pushed and pushed and pushed to get a progressive tax here in Alberta and depending on what your income is would depend on what you're going to pay. And if you have a lower income, you would be paying lower taxes. So you are all rolling back taxes. Where are you going to get the money to put your programs through? <laughs> We've said very clearly that we would move up the tax for uh, big corporations by 2%. So from 10% to 12%, we would have the progressive tax, and the pro progressive tax would bring in more money because we would be taxing people with a higher income on a more fair basis. So we would be getting income uh, there uh, to offset where we're rolling back those other taxes. Okay, next question. There is no way on our earth you're going to be able to do that. Okay. <laughs> Gary Conn and I'm back because I had two questions and I ran out of time. Thanks very much, Knud. <laughs> I'm told by somebody in the oil patch that the oil companies are making money if oil is at $12 a barrel. $12. When oil is at $100 a barrel, the, gro the royalty rate in Alberta on the gross revenue is 7.15%. When it's $55 a barrel, it's 1%. So when the price drops, the government's getting less money. What happened? The government held themselves hostage to the oil patch when they wanted to raise the revenues, and that's why they stopped doing it. They didn't stop doing it because they couldn't make money. They stopped doing it because they didn't want to give some money back to the government. As far as I'm concerned, and I'll let anybody comment on this, but our present government, in a translation of a phrase from, an old, from a different language, is, don't pee on my back and tell me it's raining. Very colorful. Thank you. Go ahead, Tammy. Anecdotal stories make us laugh, clearly. But, uh, you know, the facts are that we're losing jobs in corporate Alberta right now. And as I said earlier, we've lost over 50,000 in the first three months of the year. And you know what? Those corporations may well still be making money, but they're cutting people. And people here need jobs. And so we need to be very careful about what we do. Okay, Trent. I, I think we really need to define what we're talking about when we're talking about corporations. The average corporation in Alberta is actually a mom and pop operation. And most of them are making small amounts of money and they end up being in what I would class middle class. So when we're defining corporations, most people think about large multinationals, but most of the corporations in this province are actually small mom and pop businesses. Bill? I have to disagree with you. The corporations in this province are companies that make a profit of 500000 or more. So, uh, that, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I do taxes. That's not true. Okay. I'm sorry, I do taxes for people. I do corporate taxes. Uh, many of the corporations that I do taxes for make less than 200000 a year. So. Okay. I, I guess that could be maybe defined if you're uh, registered as a corporation, but that's not how the tax bracket works for the corporation tax. Well, okay, Maria, you... Or, 
when the NDP talked about uh, taxing uh, corporations, they talked about the 20% of uh, companies in Alberta that are making over $500,000 in profit. Uh, perhaps uh, some of you do some banking. Perhaps uh, you know some of you are involved in the oil industry. Uh, those are the kinds of companies that are making uh, huge profits. And 500,000 as a profit per year may be, may be a little low for some of those companies. So those are the companies and the corporations that we're talking about. Okay. Next question, please. Oh, thank you very much. My name is Ken Eichel. And I heard uh, you talking about fracking, and I heard you talking about renewable energy. And um, I have a question I'd like to put to you. But before I get there, I want to give you a, a little bit of history and talking about the fracking movement going around uh, not only in uh, Alberta, but all North America. Last year um, in California, they wanted to uh, decommission a nuclear plant. Uh, an organi environmental organization called 360Org put the pressure on uh, the government of uh, California not to uh, decommission uh, the uh, nuclear plant, but to stop all gas generator plants because they were going to use fracking gas. But uh, in Alberta, coal generates uh, about uh, 62 uh, 6,271 megawatts. Gas uh, generates about 7,188 megawatts. Wind generates 1,434 megawatts. Yesterday, wind put out 90 megawatts of power. Today, they put out 136 megawatts of power. But what I want to, want to ask, everybody's after the dirty coal plants. Now they're after the fracking gas plants. So you've got fracking gas plants in Alberta. So which plant you think that you should cut out the coal burning plant or the gas plant? Okay, and that's for everybody? Okay, Tammy. I have no idea. That's a question that would be better answered by experts, but at this point we can't cut either out because we don't have the technology to capture wind power when wind or solar power is created and hold it in a battery that will keep it long enough for us to be able to then use it when the wind isn't blowing or the sun isn't shining. So right now, I think it's still a theoretical question. The uh, federal government has made moves to shut down coal-fired plants, and uh, in the near future, we will be uh, switching over totally to uh, renewable resources and natural gas. Okay, Maria, or Phil? Um, certainly, as uh, uh, my fellow candidate uh, has said, I don't have the... Um, the details that I probably need. Uh, certainly in my head, I'm thinking the coal plant needs to go down first. However, I don't know. I'm not an expert in this field. Uh, but I would certainly look up whatever information I could find out so I could make an informed decision if I have to make that decision. Okay, one, one thing more. When you look that up, find out if the federal government is going to pay the stranded costs on the coal burners when they shut them down. There's six of them down right now. If the federal government is going to pay the stranded costs, or if the Albertans are going to pay the stranded costs on those coal burners. Okay. All right. Next question. So, um, I'm Leona. You saw me before. Um, so, I just wanted to clarify some misinformation I think was 
brought out tonight. I'm reading from the Alberta.ca website. And according to the budget, tax, the taxes as proposed by the Prentice Plan, the progressivity of it is from zero to $100,000, you'll be paying 10%. From $100,000 to $250,000, you'll be paying 11.5%. And anybody over $250,000 income will be paying up 10% this year, 11% next year, 11.5 in 2017, 12 in 2018, and then in 2019 and later, you drop back down to, so there's only two tiers of a progressive tax. I also wanted to point out, again, from the same website, that it says, revenue collected from the healthcare levy will be transferred into general revenue and will contribute to healthcare costs, albeit indirectly, I will add. Is that a question? It's or? a comment, and I guess I will ask Tammy what reference she's referring to, just so we can check. I don't have a computer up here where I can sit here and pull up the 154-page budget. I'm sorry, I got my information on the health premiums wrong. Um, I did think I said that about the income tax because that's what I had written down here, but if I made a mistake on that, I apologize. Okay, anyone else want to make a comment on that? Next question, please. Uh, hi, my name's David Major. I'm going to take a different tact here because uh, um, for the 40 or 50 years I've lived in Alberta, everybody talks about taxes. They don't want taxes to increase. And all of you uh, hamstring yourselves uh, as candidates because your platform, you're afraid of all these Albertans that have taxophobia. <laughs> but, you know, when you stop to think of it, we, we like to put Norway up as an example of what we could be. And certainly, if, we, if it was Norway, every single person in this room would be a millionaire. Now, the one thing that we have to remember is that in Norway, they put, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, they put all of the revenue from the oil into their heritage trust fund. And they had high taxes. They have much higher taxes than we do. But you have to stop thinking about, like the guy that's driving that great big monster truck and complaining about four and a half cents a liter tax. Like, there are other ways to live. You don't have to always be so putting you, more money in your let's pocket. Get, let's so get you your question over. over, please. I would, like to, I would like to ask all the candidates, actually, how much they feel that talking about taxes hamstrings them in terms of what their platform is going to be. I mean, the, the wild rose, they, they just want to cut taxes. No, no more tax, no more tax, no more tax. And yet, when you look at all the different countries in the world. So your question is? My question is, let's quit talking about taxes and consider the possibility that maybe we should be a little more tolerant of taxes and sharing among all of us. Okay, thank you. Well, uh, to answer your question, uh, David, I am one of those people that's taxophobic. Uh, I've uh, studied and uh, looked into some of the Scandinavian countries. Many of those countries, you have two jobs, one that you report to the government and one that you don't because you're so highly taxed that you're not able to function as a society. 
So you know what? I like low taxes, and I'm going to keep staying that too. Okay. Next question, please. Elvin Shire. Uh, I would argue that we don't uh, that we've got a spend problem. We're, we we have a spendophobia here as opposed to a taxophobia. And I'd like to address this to Tammy, who's going to be in concert with a guy in the health uh, area that's making 350,000 bucks a year to do his job. And he's got 11 other people in his office that are making over $300,000 a year. We need taxes to support that BS. And I'm sick of it. Question. What, what is your question? Well, my question is, how does she feel about being in concert with people like that? Okay. Now we got you. <laughs> Thank you. If you're talking about being in concert with Premier Prentice, uh, we're on the same page. We want those people gone. We're wondering why so many people are making such high salaries to manage so few people or so few departments. That's what we're going to cut. But in reality... Okay. But in reality, you're not making any cuts. You're raising taxes. You're not making any cuts. The cuts that you're making are all in the wrong places. And so I'm, I'm sorry that we need to make those cuts. And like you said, I'm right with you there. Uh, I just can't imagine why there would be an associate, um, um, associate um, what do they call them, vice president to the vice president to the vice president. We are so top-heavy in, in uh, Alberta government that I, I just... I'm just beyond belief. Okay, Tammy. It's easier for the Wild Rose to stand up here than me because they say they're going to cut all these things and they're going to have all these balanced budgets and they're not going to raise any taxes and they have no details to give us. We have a 154-page budget. I couldn't even find numbers on their website today. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. You know what, Tammy? I brought a detailed listing of what uh, we're, we brought. It's on the table out there. Uh, our, as again, as I said, our budget is fully vetted by a senior economist in Alberta. He says it's a workable plan, and I believe him. Well, now we know his gender is male, because you won't tell us who he is. So maybe slowly but surely we'll find out who it is. Uh, actually, I, at the very beginning here, I did tell you. It's Jack Mintz, your premier's favorite uh, economist. Okay. Just, um, just, uh, there's, just, there's one person behind you, and if he gets, we let him have his question first, please. Uh, my name is Mark Sandylands. Uh, I'm going to go a totally different uh, vein, uh, although it is related to an earlier question uh, which asked about getting young people out to vote or getting people out to vote. One method that's been touted as a way to get people to vote is proportional representation. I would like to know what your party feels about proportional representation, or if your party has no position, what you personally feel about the issue? This is to all candidates? All candidates. Okay, okay. thank you. I'll answer that very quickly. Uh, countries in the world that have proportional representation end up with perpetual minority governments. They form coalitions sometimes with very small fractured groups. I think that it's an unworkable model. The NDP and certainly myself uh, support proportional representation because I've done lots of study on it as well. And we do get more people out and take part in uh, the political process. Okay. I, I, 
I think uh, the discussion needs to be had on it. If it's going to work and get people out, um, we need to look at it. Uh, I know there's been some studies done on it, and uh, maybe we need to take a better look at it and, and see if it's something that is going to make a true representation of Albertans. Uh, Tammy first, then. Oh, uh, I personally support proportional representation. All right. And Kent. Um, so if we really want to get people out to vote, there's an experiment that's been done in Australia. They fine people $20 and add it to their income tax if they don't go out and vote. Surprisingly, it actually works. People of way higher percentages go out in Australia. All right. Fred? Do you really think they're educated voters? <laughs> okay. Next. I just, li I just like to make this uh, comment. If everybody in this room here tonight went home or first thing in the morning, they went on the internet and they looked at the sunshine list, and just study it, folks. Just, just take a look at the sunshine list and it, it, have your barf bag damn close to where you're sitting because it'll make you sick. Okay, thank you. Next, this will be the last question. Hi, my name, my name is Denis Gadet. I, uh, today is, is Earth Day and uh, everybody knows this Earth is, is undergoing quite a beating. And in Alberta, we're, we're not short of environmental issues. I would like each of you to, to, uh, to identify their top priority environmental issue and how they're going to, uh, how their party plans on dealing with it. Thank you. As to all candidates. Thank you. Go ahead, Dami. I don't know what my party's top environmental issue is. Mine is plastic water bottles. Come on, people. <laughs> okay, Maria. Okay, we agree on that one, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> my my uh, top priority is that I be responsible for whatever I do. So uh, I try not to buy plastic. I try to compost, I try to recycle wherever it's possible, but I believe I have a personal responsibility uh, to what uh, I'm contributing to the earth and to our environment. And I want to keep my environment clean. I want my granddaughter and my great-granddaughter and the kids to come to have fresh air to breathe and water to drink. Okay. And um, my, my top priority would be clean drinking water and preserving our uh, watersheds. Bill? I think that we need to focus on energy conservation and renewable energy. Okay, now, uh, I don't know if you heard me. I said that was the last question, so <laughs> we, we're, uh, we're running tight here. All right, so we are now at a point where each candidate will be given one minute to... Tell us why we should vote for them. And we will start uh, at the other end of the table. That's right. Start with Bill. And we'd ask you to stand, please. Okay. Unfortunately, I lost my notes here, but uh, 
I put my, fo my name forward to run as MLA because I don't believe that the province is in, in a position that we should be. Uh, I don't think we need to be here, and I don't particularly like where we're going forward. Uh, I have a young son, and I'm, uh, I worry about his future. What, what kind of province is he going to live in? Is he going to have the same opportunities that I have? Uh, right now, I don't think so. I think we need to change government. I think we need to put so forward some new ideas, and we just can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. So I'd like to see some change, and uh, I put my name forward because uh, I think we need it, and I'd be willing to stand up for Albertans and, and do what's right. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, as I close, I'd just like to thank each and every one of you for coming out. I can't remember enjoying a debate more than I have tonight. It's just been great. Tonight we have seen that there are clearly different visions for the future of this great province. Ours is a vision with low taxes and balanced budgets while protecting the frontline workers who serve the public with such high standards of excellence. Let me leave you with the most important message of this election. The only way, and I repeat, the only way to stop your taxes from going up is to vote Wild Rose. A vote for any other party is a vote for higher taxes. If you value basic conservative principles, such as restrained spending and balanced budgets, I would ask that you vote for Lethbridge's only conservative candidate. On May 5th, vote Kent Prestige. It's time, Alberta. Thank you. Tammy? Well, folks, on May the 5th, you choose your new MLA for Lethbridge East. PC Party is reinventing itself. It has a new premier, it has over 30 new candidates running in this election, and I'm one of them. I grew up on a farm near Picture Butte. We've got some good common sense farm girl roots. I, uh, went to my, I went to the U of L here, and then I went to the University of Calgary for my law degree. Other than that, I've lived in Southern Alberta my whole life. I've worked here in Lethbridge as a lawyer for 15 years. The first seven, I was in private practice, and the last eight, I've been with Alberta Justice as legal counsel to the judiciary. As you heard tonight, I work at the courthouse. I, too, am a public sector worker. And the reason I'm standing here is because I'm fed up with what I see in our government. And I believe that we can run a more efficient government with better priorities and a resetting of priorities, and we can turn what is a little off the rails right now around. And we can do it. We have a party that will try to slash its way to prosperity and another party that will try to spend its way to prosperity and neither will work. We need something in between. So I ask you to consider voting for me. I have listened to all of you and I will continue to do that. I will use my legal training and I will be reasoned in my decisions and I will be a loud and proud voice for the citizens of Lethbridge East, the citizens all the citizens of Lethbridge, and a strong representative for Southern Alberta. And thank you for all coming tonight, and thank you for listening. Okay, thank you. I began tonight saying, Alberta's NDP priorities are my priorities. Senior care, health care, education, and jobs. I cannot stand by and do nothing when I see so many problems to be addressed and resolutions needed to be found. I have watched, as I'm sure you have, our provincial government not do the job they were elected to do. I believe the job of government is to answer to the people of this province, to ensure a quality healthcare system for everyone equally, 
to have enough long-term care beds and home care availability to ensure quality education for our children, uh, funding not just for K-12, but also for higher education, to protect our environment and our jobs and our resources, our water, our vulnerable citizens, our seniors. We have been at the mercy of the government who talks fundamental values, nothing to support families, all families. The Alberta I want is one that looks after all of its citizens. Um, I hope that uh, you can go out on May 5th or in the advance poll, and I hope that you can give me your vote. I will stand up for Lethbridge East. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, first of all, we want to thank all of you for being here tonight. Uh, it's been very informative, and I want to especially thank each of the candidates for their um, hard work and for being out there and giving us your, uh, your take on the different issues that we talked about tonight. We appreciate it, and we wish you all good luck. So thank you.